Well, happy Mother's Day to all the moms in the house. How are you today? Good, good. Well, I'm excited to be with you, and today we're just celebrating just such a wide diversity of, of mothers, and I just like to honor all women on Mother's Day because God gave us just this nurturing heart, didn't he? And, and he's given us such different kinds of mothering assignments as the women came in today. I, I, I watched you. You look beautiful today, moms, and, and I just saw you come in, and I, I thanked God for the different mothering assignments that he's given here, spiritual moms, biological moms moms, adoptive moms, hopeful moms. And, and today we just celebrate you and we celebrate the mothering ministry and we pray just it's with it's consistent with God's design for your life. And we're glad you're here today to kind of find that out. Today I'm talking about influence. What a good day to talk about influence because there's no greater influence in your life like your mom, right? Right? I, I want you to, um, to tell you this, this new game show I found out about that is in the works of getting started. And it's, it's a, a, one of these new reality shows, um, Survivor slash Apprentice game show called Moms. I don't know if you've heard of it before, but let me just fill you in. It's, they're looking for six married men. So if maybe some of you guys maybe want to think about being a contestant here, um, they'll be dropped off on an island with one car and four kids uh, for six weeks. Um, each kid plays sports, two sports, and either takes music lessons or dance classes. Each man must take care of his kids, his four kids, um, keep his assigned house clean, do the dishes, correct all the homework, cook, do laundry. There is no access to fast food. The only access to television is when the kids are asleep and the chores are done. Any takers so far? Um, the men must shave their legs and apply makeup daily while driving their children to school. They must um, help in the classroom weekly, clean up after the sick children at 3 a.m., and make model Indian teepees using six toothpicks, a tortilla, and, a can and candle wax, all while getting a four-year-old to eat a serving of peas. Anybody? Anybody at all? And then the kids vote the men off the island based on their competence. The last man wins only if he has enough energy to be intimate with his spouse at a moment's notice. If the last man does win, he can play this game over and over and over again for the next 18 to 25 years, eventually earning the right to be called mom. How, how, how does that sound? I think it's a pretty accurate job description, don't you? Yeah. Well, I've entitled this message today, The Things I've Learned from My Mother, um, in, in taking a walk down memory lane today. Wow, I've realized my mom has taught me so much. And um, I did a Facebook poll. I don't know if you've seen it. Thank you for helping me out if you did. But I know you learned so much, too. You posted on Facebook the things you've learned that your mom has taught you. And, um, and I just loved reading those. I know each one comes with such a story. And I just, I just enjoyed that. And I realized you learned. Mom has taught so much. And sometimes it's nice to, to dig deep a little bit and really, really appreciate what mom has taught us. My mom today is in heaven with Jesus. She's um, passed away about two years ago. And, um, and so today I would just love to tell you a little bit about my mom and tell you what she taught me. This is something my sister wrote for, um, to be read at her funeral. I've kind of tweaked it a little bit to, to make it fit today. But, but my mom, let me just tell you about her. Jeanette Bowers was my mom. She was a sister, an aunt, a grandma, a friend, a great-grandma. And to my dad, she was a best friend. 
He, she was his wife for 58 years. Mom taught me how to cherish family and be a faithful wife. Mom knew how to have fun. My mom was notorious for starting food fights and water fights. Um, one of the most memorable times we have is when the day mom brought the water hose inside the house. <laughs> mom won the water fight that day. So my mom taught me how to have fun. We knew that mom meant business when we heard the wooden spoon crack on the stairs, and she cracked it on every single one on the way to get us. Mom went through a lot of wooden spoons, but mom taught me that correction wasn't always a bad thing. As a family, we enjoyed camping. Mom managed six children camping in a tent. Can you imagine that? We later graduated to a pop-up camper. Mom taught me to have a pioneer spirit. Mom was spunky, and she had a feisty side to her. She was tiny. She was all of five feet tall and 100 pounds. And Shakespeare said it right best when he said, and though she be little, she is fierce. Mom taught me to be strong. Mom never met a stranger. She would talk to anyone, and she generally did. This used to drive me crazy. But mom taught me to see people and treat people with dignity. My mom sold jewelry. It was called Sarah Coventry back in the day. Maybe you remember. And for several years, she was very, very successful in sales and often took business trips, excelling in whatever she put her hand to. Mom taught me to work hard and gave me good business sense. Our home was a revolving door to friends and family. Everyone was always welcome. The more, the merrier. And whoever was there, mom put to work as if they were just part of the family. Many affectionately called her mom, and which in all honesty, I didn't like. She was my mom, and I didn't want to share. So mom taught me that everyone was accepted. Our family rarely missed church every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, and every Wednesday night. And it was in church that I heard mom pray. I would sit quietly on her lap, and, and I would just hear her gentle whisper of her voice say the name of Jesus, just the name of Jesus. Mom taught me how to call on the name of Jesus. My mom often had the giggles, and um, the giggles were triggered by random things such as stress or nerves, and she would just erupt in laughter for no reason at the most inconvenient times. And um, these giggles run in the family, and anyone else out there, they run in the family, unfortunately. And um, we, those of us who have inherited this laughter problem, we just say, you know, mom taught us to laugh. Mom lived with health issues all her life, and each time she fought back, and so mom taught me to fight. There are times where I just didn't understand her love. It was unconditional. It was sacrificial. It was a deep love that I myself would have to become a mother to understand. So mom taught me most about love. And she was instrumental in all I've become today. She's influenced me greatly, and her legacy now lives on in me. And if you asked my mom what her greatest accomplishment in life was, it would be her kids. And so lastly, mom taught me how to be a mother. So that's just a little bit about my mom today. And those are moments of influence that she had that made a mark on who I am today, that made a mark on, on my life. You know, a person's legacy it continues living long after he or she is gone. And so what a perfect day today to talk about your influence. Because moms, we have the greatest influence of all, don't we? So let's start here. What is influence? Influence is the capacity to have an effect on the character, development, or behavior of someone. We have an effect on people. 
Every single one of us. So to live is to influence. So whenever or wherever our lives interact with anyone, whether it be at home, whether it be at school, whether it be at work, online, or in our community, we, we have influence. We, we rub up against people every single day, and we influence. You influence people when you came in the door this morning. We affect people every single day with the words we say, with the looks on our face, with the actions we choose, with the decisions we make every single day, whether you interact with five people or 500 people. Our lives matter because we produce a ripple effect that extends far beyond what most of us will ever know. You know, there's just been so much data out there on the influence of a mother. And I particularly like this research because of what I'm talking about today. But this research studies show that moms, moms who have one, are 100% committed to the Lord, moms who have that strong relationship with Christ, her children will almost always stay at or around that level also. Isn't that good news? When a mom is only half committed to the Lord, the children tend to be at a lower level in their commitment to God, and they tend to drift away even further than what mom did. And then when mom isn't even half committed to the Lord, the children will usually and entirely fall away from God. Can I just tell you, there's no greater influence than that which stands for eternity that you will leave on your children. Mom, you have such influence today. The voice that you hear in your children, that your children hear will be your voice. You have such power in your voice. How are you using your influence? So today I want to talk to you about influence. There's a story I just love. It's in the late Gilda Radner's book. It's um, from her book, It's Always Something. Here's an excerpt of it. It says this. When I was little, my nurse Dibby's cousin had a dog. It was just a mutt. And the dog was pregnant. I don't know how long dogs are pregnant for, but, but she was due to have her puppies in about a week. And she was out in the yard one day, and she got, she got in the way of the lawnmower, and her two hind legs got cut off. And they rushed to her to the vet, and the vet said, well, I can sew her up, or you can put her to sleep if you want. But, but the puppies are okay, and, and she'll be able to deliver the puppies. So Dibby's cousin said, well, let's keep her alive. So, so the vet sewed up her backside, and over, over the next week, the dog learned to walk. And she didn't spend time any, any time worrying. She just, she just learned to walk by, by taking two steps forward and then flipping up her backside. Can you just imagine? Two steps forward and then flipping up her backside again. And, and she gave birth to six little puppies, all in perfect health. And she nursed them, and she weaned them. And when they learned to walk, they all walked like her. <laughs> and when they learned to walk, they all walked like her. You know, you got to know people are watching you. you got to know you are an influencer. Every one of us has people in our life that we will, that we will influence. And the people, people will learn from us. And here's the good news. They'll learn the good, but here's the bad news. They'll also learn the bad. See, they'll learn, learn how to walk healthy, but they'll also learn how to walk unhealthy. They're watching you. So today we're talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly of influence and what you have in your life. So whether you want to be an influencer or not, it's going to happen. They're, they're going to watch you, and they, they will walk like you. You know, the Apostle Paul, he understood this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 1, it says, follow my example. Paul's saying this, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. 
And in the chapters leading up to now, Paul is giving just some really good practical advice here. And he's telling the people how to live a Christian life, how, how to be Christ-like. Because remember, at this time, the people of Corinth, they didn't know much about the life and the ministry of Jesus. See, Paul couldn't tell them, hey, imitate Christ, be like Christ, because the Gospels hadn't been written yet. They didn't know. They didn't know what Jesus looked like. They didn't know how Jesus walked. So they didn't know what it meant to be a follower of Christ, but they knew what Paul looked like, and they did life with him. You know, the best way to teach someone is to show them, right? The best way I can teach you how to do something is just to show you. Um, many of you know our kids director, Kayla, who's been in her position and walked beautifully. And isn't she amazing? For those of you who have kids in our kids ministry. Um, and she came on staff with us full time into her position about a year now. And um, be, me being the only other female pastor on staff, I kind of took her under my wing and said, girl, I will show you. I'll show you the ropes. I'll show you how to do this stuff. I'll show you. So it was hospital visit day for me. And I had four visits to make. And I said, Kayla, why don't you come with me? I'll show you how we do hospital visits. You know, I don't know. I might not do it perfectly, but I'm, I will show you what I've been taught to do. And there's certain things that we do with each hospital visit. So I said, let me show. So she came, and, and I showed her, and she did beautiful as, as expected. And, and we did the journey together. And um, as we were leaving the hospital that day, she was following me because I was leading, right? And if you know me at all, I'm a fast walker. I always walk fast, and I always walk with intention. But it, a little secret, many people don't know. The camera guy's trying to keep up with me. Sorry, guys. Um, sometimes I walk, and I don't know where I'm going. I, I'm directionless. But I always walk fast and walk with purpose. So we were walking the halls of the hospital, and um, we walked by two nurses, and they kind of gave us a funny look, and I just, we just kept going. And then we came to a dead end. <laughs> Just completely dead. And I was like, oh, okay. I said, well, it must be back this way. So we start walking this way. And the nurses started to giggle. And I said, where's the elevator? And they said, well, we knew you were walking there. We knew that was a dead end. But you walked with such authority that we didn't even question you. So they thought maybe you knew something we didn't. But, um, but you know what? Kayla followed me. <laughs> she, she didn't know. She just, she just followed. Sometimes we make this influence thing way too hard. We want to know where are we going with it. Where, where is this going to end up? You know what? It's, it's okay. I don't know where it's going to end up. We don't know. Let's just take the journey together. Let's just do it together. Let, this is what Titus 2 is all about. This is where the Titus 2 principle comes in, where we, the older teach the younger, where the older men teach the younger men how to be godly husbands and how to be men of God. Men, I encourage you, get to that warrior brotherhood this weekend. It's going to be amazing. Girls, this is where the older women teach the younger women how to do life and how to bring them onto the journey. But we make this so complicated sometimes. It doesn't have to be that formal. I know when we were youth pastors, the girls would drop in at our house all the time, and I'd be folding laundry. I'd say, fold laundry with me. If you're going to sit here, we can talk, but we're doing laundry. Just do life together. That's what it is. So we need to understand that Paul has been living with these people for two years now, he's, he knew them. He lived among them. They trusted him. They knew him. He had credibility. He had built relationship with them. And so he said to them, hey, follow me. Follow me. You know, what a bold statement, right? Hey, I want you to follow me. You know, in this world of social media we have, that's how it works. You get followers, no matter what social media you're on. You have followers, and the more followers you get, the better. 
And Paul's saying here, hey, follow, follow me as I follow Christ. Sometimes we think, well, who do you think you are having all those followers? But guess what? We're supposed to be followed. We're, we're supposed to be followed. Hey, you don't know what Christ looks like? Let me show you. You don't know what Christ looks like? You don't know what his love looks like? Let me show you about Christ's love. Let me tell you about Christ's love. Hey, you don't know what the peace of God is? I'll, I'll show you in my life. Hey, you don't know what, what grace is? It's amazing. Let me tell you about it. You don't know what joy is, the joy of the Lord? Well, it's my strength, and I want to share it with you today. And so having influence is not about elevating yourself, but it's about lifting others up. We're supposed to want to be followed. Paul could confidently encourage others, hey, watch me, imitate me, follow me. Because why? Because he was following Jesus so closely. You know, one of the most exciting and incredible aspects about following Jesus so closely is that we can confidently invite others to follow us and say, you know what, I, 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 can be, I, I want you to follow me. I'll show you. I'll show you who Jesus is. Let, just watch me. Let me show you what he's done in my life. You know, the social media thing. I, just, I have a love-hate relationship with it, probably like most of you do. You know, social media can go real bad real fast. We know that. But if it's used in the right way, if it's used in, for positive, boy, can it be such an influence, can't it? it that, that's the part I love about it. But I tell you what, when I'm reading through and I'm on Facebook most of the time, well, not most of the time, but that's, that's the social media of choice that I use. But I'm scrolling down sometimes and I start seeing the negativity. I start seeing the bashing. I start seeing the complaining. And I just think, oh, I'm grumpy now. It's, it's, it had a negative influence on my life. And I don't need that kind of negativity. So, so you know what? There's just a simple solution. When I start seeing that on my feed, you know what I do? Unfollow. I don't need that in my life. I don't need that kind of influence because whoever I'm hanging around, whoever I'm associating with, I'm going to pick up on that, whether it's good or whether that's bad. It's going to affect me. And so, so I've learned to unfollow that and say, you know what, I don't, I don't need that. I don't want, but give me someone to follow that's encouraging. Give me someone to follow that speaks life. Give me someone to follow that, that inspires me, that, that speaks the word of God, that maybe posts on how to be an example of Christ or how to be a woman of God. That's what I want to follow. That's the kind of influence I want to have and I want to be on, on social media. So you know what? Say, hey, I, w I want you to follow me. What does Jesus look like? You know, I've met so many girls who they have no clue what Jesus looks like. They haven't had the example set before them. So I say, you know what? Hey, I'll show you. What's your Facebook account saying? Can someone look at your account and say, oh, yeah, they love Jesus. That's what Jesus looks like on Facebook. That's what Jesus looks like on Snapchat. I want to be that example. Are you living that kind of life that says, I know Jesus? I know him, and he knows me. I've been with him enough that I know his heart. I've read his word enough that I can talk like him. I know his, I've talked with him so much that I know his voice. I know what he sounds like. I know what he acts like so much that I can imitate him and I resemble him. And guess what? I can walk just like him and I can do my best to try. I can do my best to try. In everything we do, can we say, follow me? Follow me. Watch what I watch on TV. Read what I read, what magazines I look at. Watch, read those. Talk like I talk. 
dress like I dress, treat people like I treat people. Can you follow that? Follow me as I follow Christ. Are you living to be followed? 1 Timothy 4, 11 and 12 says this. It says, command and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. I tell you what, that about covers it all, doesn't it? Just set the example. Just set the example. And I love here where it says, you know what, Timothy is here, or Paul is speaking to a young Timothy. And he's saying, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. You can still set the example. Young people, you can set the example. They, you, can, you are influencers today, regardless of your age. God wants to use that. So, so set the example in everything you do in life. Are you setting that example? Younger generations need to, someone to follow. These young people need, they are watching you. They are watching someone that is worthy of the follow. They need a role model of the faith. Will you do that? Will you be brave enough to say, hey, yeah, follow me. I may not be perfect. I might not have all this figured out. But if you don't know what Jesus looks like, I'll be glad to help show you and point you the way. Let's, let's do this journey. Let's do it together. You know, I don't know about you, but sometimes I go through seasons of faith where I just question my call. I just question, Lord, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure you called me to this? Am I doing the right place? Am I doing the right thing? And, and it was one day after some ministry time that I had, and I just kind of stepped off the stage thinking, ugh, that was hard. And I don't know if it was effective, God, but to you be the glory. And, and God, am I, am I, I was just questioning. You know what I mean? You ever do that? And, and I stepped off stage, and, and I was kind of just wrestling with this. And a little girl, probably eight or nine years old, came up to me. And she wrapped her little arms around my waist and gave me a squeeze. And she looked up at me, and she said, when I grow up, I want to be just like you. I want to be just like you. Wow. And I don't say that today. To, to it's, it's all glory. God gets all the glory. But I'm just saying, wow, if that's what it takes, if being up on this stage or doing what I do and lifting the name of Jesus up inspires a little nine-year-old girl that's one day going to be a grown woman and a preacher of the faith, I'll, I will do it. I will do it. And so I looked down at her and I said, oh, sweetheart, I hope you're just like me. And I hope you're so much more. I hope you're so much more. Because if, if I can say, girl, you be like me, I'm okay with that. You be like me, but I want you to go further. I want you to go further than I ever could. I want you to know God like I know God. I want you to have a prayer life like I have a prayer life. I want you to, to, to study God's word like I studied God's word. I want you to step out in faith like I've stepped out in faith. If, if doing that means watching me to make that happen, I'm all about it. I'm all about it. Watch me. Follow me as I follow Christ. Because when we live a life worthy to be followed, we leave a mark never to be forgotten. Influence always leaves a mark. It always leaves a mark. But it's scary to say sometimes, follow me. Sometimes it's a scary thing to say. Because you know what? What if I fail? What if I disappoint? What, what if I make a mistake? Can I just set you free for a moment? You will. You absolutely will because you're not perfect and no one is. It's God's grace and he's just got a funny way of keeping us humble and keeping us on our knees, keeping us seeking after him every single moment of every single day. So you'll fail, yeah. But I tell you what, it speaks volumes to people when they can see you fail and you can take them through it. 
and you can repent before them and you can ask forgiveness before them and you can be honest before them. Sometimes how you recover from failure speaks louder than any success you will ever give. God's grace is with you. I know myself, I haven't been a perfect mom, but I know his grace is there and his grace covers me. My mom wasn't a perfect mom by any stretch, she would tell you today. But I know she did as best as she could with what she had. And I know that it was enough because I know this. I know his word says in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says that God has a plan for me. And his word says that God has a plan for you. Did you know that? God has a plan for you today. And his plan alone ordains my steps. See, it's not pending on anyone else. His plan alone ordains my steps. See, my mom was just the one who was assigned to teach me, equip me, bring me into this great big world and get me started. Mom was a good mom. She was a great mom. Was she perfect? No. No, she wasn't. Did she make mistakes? Yeah, she sure did. She sure did. Was it exactly the mom that I needed to make me who I am today? Absolutely. Absolutely, because I just have to believe if the God of the universe knew me before I was even formed, that's what the scriptures tell us. He knew you before you were even knit together in your mother's womb. Then I just have to believe that he knew exactly which womb to put me in to make those plans complete in me. There's no mistake about it. So for those plans to come to pass in my life, the, the purpose to which I was created today, I have to know that he appointed the womb in which I would come forth. And so I feel like someone needs to hear this today. He appointed the womb to which you came forth and your story begins there. We don't need to resent that. We don't want to, we don't want to go to the shoulda, coulda, woulda of that, how things could have been different. Your story started with the womb he chose for you. And whether, whether you were taught or not by loving example or, or by hardship and lack, and disappointment, you learned, and you were influenced, and you carry that today. Whatever it is you carry, you choose what you carry. Sometimes it's really digging out the good, like a gold mine. You gotta dig for it, it's there though. What are you digging for today? Take the good. And the beautiful thing about it is, God works through it all, doesn't he? And through it all we learn. He works through our mess ups, he works through our disappointments. And he brings good out of everything. That's his word. Because that's just how grace operates. Aren't you so glad? His grace over you is enough. You might say, you know what, I've, I've not been great at, at being an influencer. You know what, his grace is enough over you today. It's not too late for you to start over. Follow Jesus. Attend some classes. Come rub shoulders with the lavish sisterhood. Go to the warrior brotherhood, whatever it is for you. Get to that place where you say, you know what? I want positive influence in my life because I've only become a positive influence because I've followed influential people in my own life. And one day I just have the hope that I'm going to leave a legacy, that my children will be able to say, you know what? I want to follow that. I want to be just like her. And to them, I would say, be just like me, but be, be more. Be more. I love what Lisa Bevere puts in her book, Without Rival. It says this, if you think you've blown God's plan for your life, rest in this. You, my beautiful friend, 
are not that powerful. Isn't that good? You are not that powerful. God has a plan for you. God is faithful to teach us what we need to know. However he does it, he's the teacher. We're not. We're just the student. We just say, I'm here to learn, Lord. I'm just here to learn. God's placed you in a position today of influence for everyone that comes across your path. So here's a challenge today. Use your influence to bring people to God. Use your influence to look like him, to walk like him. You know, that's the greatest gift my mom ever gave me was pointing me to Jesus. I can't, I, I can't even thank her enough for that gift of pointing me to Jesus. It's like in, Hannah said in 1 Samuel, she said this, Lord, give me children and I will dedicate my life to make sure they grow up serving you and I will influence them towards you. And God heard her cry. Your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God may not be something you do at all, but someone you raise. Influence always leaves a mark. It always does. You have great influence. What kind of mark do you want to leave? I close with this. Dr. G. Campbell Morgan, he's a famous preacher in the 1800s, a Bible scholar. He had four sons who all became preachers themselves. And someone once gave them a question while they were all together. They directed it toward Howard, one of the sons. They said, Howard, who is the greatest preacher in your family? And Howard had great admiration for his father. And he looked straight across at him. And without a moment's hesitation, he said, Mother. Thank you. Amen. Wow. How many of you feel challenged today? That was a great word. That's my warrior wife for you, my beautiful warrior wife. Amen. Thank you for. That's a challenging word for us. Let, let's, let's pray that today that should encourage your heart, really, as you come. Every person in here has been influenced by somebody. And uh, God's called us to now go influence other people for his glory and his purpose. There are bad influences. We know that. We have been called in Christ to have a godly influence. I know my life has been forever changed by my mom, who's an amazing godly influence upon me. And I know Kristen is that same way to our children, and so are you. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for this word that will go deep into the soil of our spirit, that, Lord, it won't stop there, but the seed will produce fruit in, in Jesus' name. And, Lord, it will produce a harvest of righteousness. Father, that you have called us to be influencers. You have called us to give a godly influence to an ungodly world. Lord, we thank you for every person that is here, every mom, every daughter of Zion, Lord, every man, every young person, that, God, you've called every single one of us to influence others. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for using us greatly and mightily in these days. Thank you for the, the anointing upon our lives to do that, the strength to walk in your strength, Lord God, and your purposes, Lord. Father, we thank you for your grace that we've heard today, that, Lord, we may think that we've done things that are so bad that we could never do something right, but that is a total lie from the enemy. 
Lord, I thank you for new life that you've birthed in us. Father, I pray this in your mighty name. And everyone.